0: This episode of Vernacular is brought to you by Aloha.
1: Aloha offers organic, plant-based protein powders, bars, superfood greens, and teas. I've used their protein powders for over a year, and they're great. Every powder is free of stevia, soy, and dairy. and made from peas, pumpkin seeds, hemp seeds, and nine other real ingredients. They have no artificial sweeteners, colors, or preservatives.
0: And on top of that, each serving of Aloha provides 18 grams of plant-based protein, 200 milligrams of omega-3s, and healthy doses of iron and magnesium alongside a complete amino acid profile. The protein powders come in four different flavors, chocolate, vanilla, banana, and mixed berry.
1: My personal favorites are their chocolate and vanilla flavors, and I've used them in smoothies, pancakes, muffins, and I'll even just stir the powder into plain Greek yogurt. They taste delicious, and I love their subscription options.
0: To try out one of their protein powders, superfood greens, bars, or teas, just head to aloha.com. And when you do, make sure to enter the promo code Vernacular at checkout so that you can receive 15% off on your first order.
1: You're listening to Vernacular Podcast.
0: Hello, I'm Zach. And I'm Sally. And you're listening to Vernacular Podcast, episode sixty-eight.
1: Yes. I just feel like we should mention now we are counting all of our episodes because I think it's more fun to find out how many episodes we've had instead of season something, episode something. Yeah, that's
0: one reason why it's good. Another reason is I get confused when I'm like (laughs) when I'm introducing an episode and I'm like, this is season oh what season is it? Yeah. Four what episode is this? Three, four, no, five. Right, and right. it's just, much, I mean, although I still may forget what number episode this is, I only have one number to remember right, this time. So right. it is easier.
1: And when we reach a milestone, we won't accidentally miss it because it'll be pretty obvious. Like right. Episode 100. Right. That'll be really exciting. And we will know which one it is. We won't have to go back and count. So right. yay for episode 68. Also yay for fall weather because it appears to have finally arrived in Texas.
0: Yeah, it took forever, and it's still humid, but it is cool now. And it's so cool, in fact, that when you go outside in the evenings, you need a jacket. Yeah. Amazing.
1: Yeah, Halloween was suspiciously cold.
0: And this could still yet be a ruse, because I looked ahead on the forecast, and I saw at least one high above 80 degrees. Oh, no. So that does not seem very mid-November-ish to (laughs) me, a Northeasterner, but we're appreciating it for what it is here. So thank you, Texas, for bringing some cooler weather in November.
1: Yes, finally.
0: (laughs) And then as we release this episode, we have a busy week because Sally's on the road with one of our daughters visiting our goddaughter who's having surgery this week. So we appreciate your thoughts and prayers for her as she undergoes that. And we are hoping for a speedy recovery for her. And yeah, that'll be right, right when we're releasing this episode. And then we're going to release another episode a week after that. And uh, we've already recorded that because of Sally's travel. And yeah, and then it'll be Thanksgiving. So lots of exciting things coming up. We are looking forward to all of those.
1: We also wanted to encourage you, if you have a few moments, to drop us a line. We always love hearing from listeners. You can just say hi. You can give us an idea for an episode. You can tell us how much you liked or didn't like a past episode. We love hearing from listeners and hearing what you are enjoying or not enjoying.
0: Yeah, I think I can honestly say it's the most rewarding part of podcasting because we we love doing this, and we love having interesting guests on and sharing their helping them share their their stories or their thoughts. But it's really cool when we hear from somebody who emails us or reaches out on social media and says, that was a great episode. I love that interview that you guys did. Or just, hi, I'm so-and-so from Brooklyn, New York. Great episode. I mean, that's that's so cool that we're that we're making a difference.
1: Right. Yeah, that's something that one of our guests said resonated with a listener somewhere in the world.
0: Right. So, so yeah. please do. Think about that. Reach out to us, Zach and Sally Vernacular podcast. You can go on iTunes, leave a review there, or Apple Podcasts, excuse me. Oh, Right. <laughs> You can go on Instagram at VernacularPod. A whole bunch of ways you can get in touch, so please do that. We'll look forward to hearing from you.
1: All right. On to our interview.
0: All right. Welcome back to Vernacular Podcast. We're here with Mary and Cody Strecker, two really interesting people that we've actually never met in person, but some friends of ours introduced us to them uh, over email, and we've asked them to come on the show because they have a pretty interesting story. But Mary and Cody are currently living in Waco, where Cody is a PhD student, And they've lived internationally and they lived abroad. They have a big family and we wanted to have them on to talk about how they've sort of balanced work and life and living abroad and thoughts on living in Europe versus the U.S. and all sorts of things. So without further ado, Mary and Cody, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks for having us.
0: We're so glad to be here.
1: We're excited to have you. Why don't you just tell our listeners a little bit about your family? I know you have three kids. And tell us both today where, how your family is today and how life has kind of evolved for you during the past, what, eight years of marriage? Yeah.
2: We uh, celebrated our eighth anniversary in May of this year. Oh, congratulations. Thanks. So we live in Waco. Um, we have three sons. Our oldest, Sebastian, is in first grade, seven, seven. And we have a five-year-old Bruno and a one-year-old Cosmos. Um, we've lived in Waco for a little over three years now, but before that, um, Cody and I met when we were in college, in undergrad. We got married um, a year or a week after I graduated um, from college, and lived there for a little while. Sebastian was born just two weeks after our first anniversary. Um, and then we moved to North Carolina to, for Cody to pursue his master's in theology at Duke. Um, and then after that, um, so we were there for two years. Bruno was born while we were there, and then we moved to Germany for a year. Um, we were there and then came to Waco after that year. Um, so we've been kind of all over the place. When we moved to Waco, it was a little intimidating um, because we celebrated our fifth anniversary right after we got back, or right before mm-hmm. we left Germany. That's right. Um, and so we had moved kind of all over the place, not, not, nece- not really an extreme scenario. Um, I know a lot of people move much more frequently. Um, but we felt like we were a little bit disjointed, and then we knew that we were going to be in Texas for five years. So spending the second set of five in one place was exciting, but also a little bit overwhelming.
3: <laughs> a place we had not really visited at all before deciding to come here. So. Oh
2: wow, that's tough.
3: he's <laughs> yeah, right from Germany, yeah.
2: Yeah, my first time in Texas, besides a, an airport stop when I was in high, high school, um, was moving here with our big moving truck. Um, so that was kind of a kind of a big deal.
0: Well, and and how have you guys liked Waco so far? Now that you have three and three and a half years under your belt.
2: It was a really rough transition at first. <laughs> we really love it now. I always tell people this story. You know, we had just lived in, we'd just come from Germany where we didn't have a car. We were used to walking everywhere. Everything was close by and we just loved that lifestyle so much. And uh, soon after we moved to Waco, I was going on a walk by myself with our oldest because the youngest wasn't born yet. Um And there was just this ridiculous situation in which uh, there was a four way stop and we were crossing um, and some guy just drove right in front of us. And I had to pull Sebastian out of the way to keep him from getting run over. And I just yelled at this driver. And I think the whole way home, I just sort of raged at my. Poor, innocent, what, when five year old. Yeah. I just cannot believe the injustice to pedestrians. Um, but things have only improved since then, <laughs> I'm happy to say.
0: Good. Well, I'm curious about your time in Germany. We've lived in Europe ourselves and we have lots of thoughts on the sort of pros and cons of living in Europe versus living in the US. So I'm curious about your guys' thoughts. Overall, what's your impression of Germany and how does it compare to living in the US? And, and what are your thoughts on some of the advantages or disadvantages?
3: Well it was uh, such a dream to be there. Uh, it was for me to do a study abroad program through Duke for a year and Mary had been a German major in college. Uh, it was the choice she made uh, with a lot of voices saying what are you doing? How are you ever going to use that? What's the point? And to be able just a few years later to really put that into practice um, in a way that you know we wouldn't have moved to Germany if she had not already knew, known the language. Uh, it was just a real joy. And um, so living there, as Mary said, um, being far away from family, but in this kind of wonderful place, Uh, we were in a mid-sized city that uh, didn't have a whole lot of good English speakers. So we were thrust into the language difference, um, but we were also in a small community around a seminary there. So uh, we were kind of grounded with some other families right away that helped us connect. Um, and it was, it was a time of just, it seemed like we woke up every morning with expectant eyes, ready to see the, the marvels that this country had. Um, and, and not that in many ways it was that different from living here, but that attitude difference of looking for adventure in each day, knowing we only had this short period of months to be there. It, it really did change the way we approached life on a daily basis.
2: Yeah, whenever I think about living there, I'm just filled with all of these images in my mind from different days when I was walking Sebastian to his kindergarten, which was just, I don't know, two blocks from our apartment, um, or walking the three minutes it took took to get to Reva, the grocery store, um, and or walking into the downtown area with our stroller, um, and... I have all of these kind of pictures in my head, kind of what we we tell our son, Sebastian. He's like, take a picture of it. And we're like, take a picture in your head. (laughs) And that is what I felt like I was doing that whole time. It was just my senses were on high alert just to take in all of the beauty around us and really kind of memorize it and become really familiar with it. Um, We often kind of look back on that time and feel like how like that that was such a great time of our lives. I feel like most of the time when you, when somebody or when we look back on times in our lives, we think and, and we think it was so good, we also think, oh, I wish I had I wish I had realized how good it was. Um, and we're definitely not filled with that sense of regret. We, we our next the next thing we always say is, wow, but we really knew how good it was, didn't we? Like we really, We really loved it while we were there.
1: That's great because a year is not very long, so it can just fly by. So that's good that you took advantage of every moment.
0: Yeah, you know, I was talking to my brother the other day, and he reminded me of this great quote from The Office. Not sure if you guys are fans of that show, but I'm a huge fan. Sally is a big fan as well. And there's this great quote from Andy Bernard where he says, I wish you had a way of knowing that you were in the golden years before you were past the golden years. (laughs) <laughs> and it sounds like you guys don't have the problem because you knew you were in the golden years. I'm curious about um, whether or not your impression of Europe was that it was more, um, I guess I could use the word communitarian. That uh, one of the things that struck me living in Europe was that houses were a lot closer together in where we were living in Oxford. There wasn't really suburbs. You were you were in the town or you were in sort of a small hamlet that had its own sort of town center and its own town churches and things like that. And there seem to be uh, at least the appearance of a vibrant civic life that you don't see in America. I'm wondering what you guys think of that. And then the second thing, a little bit more cheeky, perhaps, I really love European grocery stores. And Sally and I talk about this all the time. It's why we love Trader Joe's now because it's a sort of on the European model. It is uh, small, limited selection in terms of uh, breadth of brands, but you have, or I get maybe depth, but the, but you have, you have fine breadth. So you have everything you need there. You just don't have 50 different kinds of ketchup to choose from. And so it's a lot simpler and reflects a, uh, a less consumerist mentality than I think we often suffer from here in America. What do you guys think?
3: Well, that's funny. You mentioned the grocery stores because Mary said the exact same thing today. Um, when we were thinking about this, this uh, interview and, uh, we still long for that. I mean, we live in, in Texas, the land of everything huge, and, and that certainly carries over to the size of the grocery stores. But uh, as we said, it was just a few minutes' walk away from us, so every little kind of neighborhood within this small town had its own, at least one little grocery store. You know, it had five or six aisles, as well as a 100 kinds of cheese. And so just the priorities were different. Also, being in Germany, they had a whole section that was I mean, it's probably a little bit of an exaggeration, but it feels like it was about a fourth of the store that was all beer. <laughs> so
0: yeah, t- totally. <laughs>
3: yeah. yeah, and so that um, that choice to limit options, and as you said, it's not just in the grocery store but in where is it is appropriate to build a house. Um, there was certainly this this idea that was visible in the, the outlay of the the community in which the houses were clustered together, which made walking easy. Um, We loved that, it it changed how we lived moment to moment. Um, But then right outside of the limits of where those houses were, there were mountains, there were biking trails, there were streams, um, forests that were nearby and made accessible, um, but not dotted with uh, large, Yards and houses and things like that. So there was a kind of separateness for the sake of um, the benefit of both sides of those things.
1: So we didn't have the advantage or the opportunity I guess to raise any of our kids while we were in Oxford. We had both of our daughters after we moved back to the u s Where do you guys think you would rather raise your family? You're obviously in the u s raising your family now if you could choose, do you think you would choose Germany choose Europe or is it hard to say?
2: Um, it's kind of hard to say we kind of like we kind of like to say both <laughs> we we definitely loved. Um, raising our kids over there. We loved the kindergarten that Sebastian was in. Um, he learned to ride a bike at a really young age because we just walked everywhere and that meant he took his bike everywhere. We definitely grew to love that kind of, um, that kind of life with our kids of being outside and just bundling up and um, putting on some machos in, which is mud pants <laughs> whenever it was inclement weather. Um, and he just went outside anyways um there was so much that we really learned about about parenting about a lifestyle with kids and that there's really a lot possible with kids and that we shouldn't restrict ourselves too much to kind of have a certain idea of what it looks like to have a family and what that means you can do and partially you know our choice to go to germany we knew it would be kind of difficult we knew that we didn't have a lot of money to spend so we knew that what people might typically do when they would spend a year in Europe would be to travel all over and see as much as they could see. And we knew that we were limited, um, by having small children with us. And so we pretty intentionally decided that we were going to just explore, um, mostly within the city that we were placed in, um, and just see what it was like to live there. Um, so we didn't do a whole lot of traveling while we were there. Um, but at the same time, there was a six-hour time difference. Um, we're really close with both of our families. We have great parents, great siblings. I have five siblings, and Cody has two. Um, and we both grew up in Southern Ohio um, within an hour of each other. So our families are still pretty much there. Um, our parents are still in those places. And um, that was really difficult to have that time difference, to know that when we were eating breakfast, whatever, everybody we was still asleep. <laughs> Is that how we... <laughs> The time, the right. time went. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it was hard not being on the same timeline as everyone else. Even to know, okay, we're far away, but you know, Noni and Grandpa are eating breakfast right now, just like us. Or um, or even being able to to talk on the phone was difficult. Kids have really shown us that um, it's it's easy as adults to kind of neglect your family members, um, but kids don't let you do that. They're really close you know, with, with the people that they love, and they talk about them, and they will share openly how much they miss them and how difficult it is for them.
3: That's right. They want to be in the presence of these people. Yeah. And that's the difficulty of being across an ocean. Um, as much as we loved that year, and we want to have times you know, in, in the coming decade where we get long chunks back there so that they are the benefits of the language, and, and just we do love the culture there. Uh, Being that far from family is really difficult.
2: Yeah. I think kind of to answer your question concisely, we really hope that in some way our situation will be that we can spend six months to a year living in Germany um, at different points in the future. Both of our boys learned German while we were there. It was Bruno's first language. um, Sebastian became as fluent as you can as a three-year-old, three three to four-year-old, and we really love that. And that was a huge gift for our whole family. Um, and so we would love to kind of do both a little bit, but definitely long to also be near our families as, as much as is possible.
0: Well, that feeds into my next question, which was, do you think you'll continue to prioritize international travel just to, just to expose you and your children to different cultures and perspectives? Because it's something that we've talked about a lot. We'd like to do that. Obviously it's expensive, but I think if you prioritize it and, uh, maybe make sacrifices elsewhere. You can travel a little bit, and we're we're going to try to as our children grow, just to take them to different places and show them how different people in the world live. Is that something that you guys want to continue to do even beyond Germany?
3: Yeah, we have uh, kind of by force of where we are in life and and financially and things, we we live in a small apartment. Uh, we've had to move a lot of times. We've learned to by necessity embrace. Uh, minimalism and not having a lot of possessions um, and seeing the freedom of that. And it's also reminded us, along with this travel, of the value of experiences over possessions. Um, so we certainly do intend to uh, put what resources we do have towards that kind of uh, experience for our family as a whole.
1: How do you think your frequent moves in the first Five years of your family have strengthened your family?
3: Lots of ways. <laughs> yeah. What's all about your family and back home in Ohio?
2: Okay, so, um, all of my extended family lives in my hometown, and um, they have for generations. Um, within just I don't know, a few miles, all of my parents' land where I grew up is connected to my uncle's property, which is connected to my grandma's property where now one of my cousins lives. It's just like, everybody's right there.
1: That's really awesome.
2: Yeah, it's really, really cool. And it's a huge gift. And I love that growing up. Um, and I didn't have to, when I went to college in Michigan, it was a four hour drive. Um, so nothing unreasonable. You could come home for weekends. Um, I didn't really have to wrestle with, with the, the feeling of leaving home very much. My sister was already in college. She was a senior there when I went there. So I was used to going to that college. I had a sister that was going to be there with me. Um, and then she stayed after, um, after Cody and I got married. And we had Sebastian. So I had my sister in town when I had my first baby. Um, and, you know, my mom was in a four-hour drive. When you go to college, it's such a gradual move. Um, you kind of you kind of have two homes, so we never really had to wrestle with that feeling of leaving home and that reality of leaving home and leaving your people and leaving your community um, until we decided to move to North Carolina. And I remember that drive driving down from Michigan, we stopped and stayed a night in Ohio, I think with my parents, and then drove down the next day. And I just remember thinking, I just want to drive north. I just want to go back home. I, that's that's where I belong. What are we doing? Why are we moving south? Um, and that was such a foreign experience for me. We didn't know it at the time, but definitely moving to Durham was kind of the beginning of the hardest space of time for us for our family for our marriage I, I don't know what kind of fog I was under with two you know one one small child Sebastian was a little over a year old when we moved to North Carolina um, and then I had Br- bruno the next summer um, while we lived there um, and I didn't realize it at the time but I was definitely struggling with some kind of maybe postpartum depression, maybe some kind of, maybe it was just intense mommy fog. I don't know. Um, but just, it was just a really difficult time kind of learning, learning how to be a mom for the first time to a toddler and, um, pregnancy, uh, for the second time and Cody being in a master's program. Um, and those, that was, those were some really, really hard years for us. And, we were kind of blessed to not quite realize how hard they were until later, but at the same time, those kinds of struggles and realizing that this is a big deal that we left—we just left our community, that we just left our home—and um, I think because it happened for the first time in our in our adult life, and as opposed to moving around a lot when we were kids, um, we tried to be really intentional about some of our decisions.
3: When we made this move to Durham, we said we need some kind of plantedness from the first week. And uh, one of the students at Duke had showed me around campus when I visited, and he and his wife had helped us locate an apartment when we couldn't visit um, to get settled. And so we knew one couple. And we said, wherever they're going to church, that's where we're going to go. Until something happens when we can't go there any longer, that's what we're going to do. Just stick with it. And we were really blessed with that. Um, We have done the same thing everywhere else we've moved, both in Germany and and then in Waco. And some of those places, we have had a reason where we have to change churches, but not allowing ourselves to kind of dabble at the beginning, but saying, even though this is a limited time, we're probably going to be here We are going to find a community and invest in it from the first.
2: And even if that, you know, every time that our community was literally one family. That's right. Um, Like, we don't know where we are, what we're doing. We don't know how to, you know, we're using our GPS to get everywhere. But there's this one family that we know. And so that's our community right now. And maybe they'll always be our community plus other people, or you know, maybe we'll move apart for one reason or another. But right now, this is this is where God has put us, and this is um, we we know this much, you know, to, to be with these people, um, and that's that's worked really well and has been a huge blessing for us and really helped us to feel settled. I think pretty quickly in every place that we've moved.
3: Yeah, uh, I mean, we were thinking today a similar kind of choice is that. Um, We haven't moved apartments or houses in these cities either. Uh, Most of our friends, since we first came here a little over three years ago, have moved a little bit. Um, And that's always been for the good. But it's been nice for us to have a single place um, that we, you know, a street that we live on. And that also gives us neighbors um, that we can get to know. And a kind of community to build on over time, even if that time is a
2: limited number of years.
1: One thing that really caught my eye on your blog, Mary, um, when uh, former Vernacular guest Abby turned me on to it, um, is a, a couple of posts that you wrote about the meaning of home. And you guys have kind of talked about that a little bit, the idea of plantedness and community. Um, but I kind of want to um, just zero in on the word home and what that means for your family when your physical house keeps changing. When your community keeps changing, um, how do you how do you kind of cultivate a sense of home for your family and communicate that to your kids when when you are having to find these new churches and new community and new friends everywhere you're going? Yeah,
2: I I wish that I had some really dramatic answer for you. The blog post that I wrote the you know home when how when house keeps changing I think I called it um, was I didn't realize was definitely the beginning of months of really wondering what we're doing here. <laughs> um, I really I really feel at home in Waco, um, but I've really struggled with our physical space in Waco. You know, we added another baby a year ago, um, and, you know, we're really outgrowing our space. And so those kinds of things, I feel like I'm thinking about that all the time and still wondering exactly what that looks like and exactly how um, how best to do that what does it look like can we be happy in the space um, when we don't own a home there's still a lot of questions in my mind and wondering um, how best to um, how best to define home um, when it keeps changing and I mean, one of the things that I keep coming back to is that this isn't our forever home and not just Waco but this earth <laughs> um, and that no matter where we live, it's kind of a hard reality to face, but no matter where we live, we're never going to feel exactly at home. Nothing is going to be exactly perfect. It's kind of the same idea of living with joys and sorrows side by side, um, of being okay with things not being exactly as you want them to be, exactly as you hope for them to be. Um, We're kind of terrible minimalists. I feel like, you know, we're always... We're always trying to tidy up our apartment, or or figure out what we can get rid of to make more space because <laughs> it's too crowded. And um, you know, there's always always things that we're that we're trying to to fight for more. Um, but definitely, just outside of our physical space, outside of this physical home, one thing that we really took away from Germany and that really defined, kind of helped define our family in a new way that we hadn't thought of it before was a love of the outdoors. That has been a really amazing gift for us. Um, we tried really hard to get out every weekend and try to go on hikes and just try to explore. We, we have a generous sized parking lot. We live in a building with four units. Um, so it's a gated parking lot and not a lot of neighbors. And they're all really great about being careful about our kids playing in the parking lot. And so that's our kids yard is a parking lot. And that's kind of hard for me growing up on 25 acres. Cody grew up in an old subdivision with a big, big backyard. Um, But we definitely try to make the best of make the best of what we've got. Um, We started camping this summer and that has been really, really awesome for our whole family. Um, It's a new thing for me. Um, and so, and I, I talked a little bit about that in that blog post about um, being, being outside and that home is really with, um, with these people and um, more broadly with the people in our community. We really try to make sure that the people in our community, that we see them more than once a week. And we see them more than just at events. Um, we have a dinner group that we very cleverly call Friday night dinner group because we meet on Fridays. And it's some other families and individuals that also want the same thing to be sharing each other's lives and just sharing the little, the little things and the mundane. And, um, I think one time last week there was a friend, um, that we saw, I think Cody pounded like five times within 48 hours, <laughs> just at different things. Um, and for different reasons and, um, Waco is kind of a great spot for that. We have a coffee shop uh, that we love to go to, Pinewood, shout out to Pinewood, Um, where there every time we go in, there are two to three people that we go to church with at this coffee shop, working, studying something. And that kind of, you know, that makes you want to come back because it's that kind of just living and just running into people and running into your friends. And I think our kids really respond well to that, too, that... um, even if the people we're getting together with don't have any kids, they still love it. Um, they still love to be around those familiar people.
0: Well, we are just about out of time, but we do want to give you guys one of our lightning rounds if you have time for that. So the rules of the lightning round, very simple, but we are going to give you a series of either or questions and you have three seconds to respond with each of those questions. This is, is inspired by Bon Appetit's Foodcast. They do this for each of their guests and they always start or end. They always end. End with the question, that butter. That we
1: start with. Yeah, <laughs> butter
0: or olive oil. So that's the first one. It'll, it'll give you guys a chance to practice the, the concept of the lightning round. So we're gonna ask you butter <laughs> or olive oil and you have to give us your answer within three seconds and then we'll be following that with a series of other either or questions. And that's it. You ready to go? And right. do we answer together or do we. You uh, can to... each answer. Yeah, you can. Yeah
1: you don't have to combine.
0: Right. You do not you do not have to do the reading each other's minds. Yeah.
1: Thing.
0: All right, okay. you guys ready? Ready. Let's do it. Okay. Butter or olive oil? Butter. Olive oil. Okay. So we talked a lot obviously about where you guys have lived, so a series of geography questions here. Ohio or Texas? Ohio. Ohio. Okay. Ohio <laughs> or Michigan? Michigan. Ohio. Okay. <laughs> Michigan or Germany? Germany. Germany. Okay. Uh, Germany or North Carolina? Germany. Germany. Okay. Sounds like Germany is the winner there. Okay. (laughs) So staying on this Germany theme, uh, Europe or the US? Europe. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, Staying on this Europe theme then, schnitzel or spaghetti? Schnitzel. (laughs) Uh, Bratwurst.
1: Oh, wait. Did Mary answer that one?
0: Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry.
2: Yeah, schnitzel. Okay. Oh,
0: okay, okay. Bratwurst or hot dogs? I'm using the German pronunciation, of course. <laughs> oh, lovely. Bratwurst. Good job. <laughs> yeah, bratwurst.
2: Bratwurst.
0: Okay, uh beer or wine? Beer. Beer. And German beer or American beer? I'm pretty sure I know the answer.
2: <laughs> Ooh, Mexican beer? Is that in there?
3: Oh, wow. Okay. Oh. So like
0: like Corona? <laughs> we moved to Germany and her favorite beer becomes Corona. <laughs> Well, it's not a bad choice. I'm also partial, partial to Corona myself.
1: <laughs> Cody, what about you?
0: Uh, German beer, yeah. yeah.
1: Okay. Beer. Yeah. Oh, what did you say, Mary? Sorry. Yeah. Uh,
2: to to abide by the rules, I'll say German beer. <laughs> okay. Okay. okay.
1: <laughs> All right. Um, a similar question, not about food, but the Rockies or the Alps? Ooh.
3: Rockies.
1: All right, and then along with that uh, idea of mountains, hiking or running? I know that you guys do both.
2: Oh, this is a hard one.
0: <laughs> uh, In the mountains. Running. <laughs> okay, running or camping? Camping. Running. Okay. <laughs> uh, so on to sports here. not sure if you guys are sports fans at all, but European football, i.e. soccer, or American football?
2: European football. Football. <laughs> All
0: right. Okay. Now, uh, so I don't know much about um, German celebrations of holidays, but I know that there's uh, quite a bit to do around Christmas, like Chris Kindle Markts. Uh, and obviously, Oktoberfest is the one that jumps out. So if you're choosing between those two celebrations of Christmas, which one? Or do you celebrations,
1: choose? period. Yeah.
0: I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Two celebrations uh,
2: Weihnachten.
0: Christmas. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Nice.
1: Nice. That's All it. Right. That's the one round. It. You, guys you guys did great. You, you scored
0: scored 100%. <laughs> aced it.
2: <laughs> what a god.
1: <laughs> well, thanks so much, guys, for coming on our show. It was really great to hear your story and hear about your family and how you've raised them both abroad and in the U.S. Um, and just kind of hear your heart for your family culture. And I hope our listeners found that inspiring. Thanks so much. Thank you.
3: Thanks for having us.
1: right we are back to wrap things up and to thank you for listening and to remind you to check us out on instagram and twitter at vernacular pod both of those and facebook at
0: yeah. So it's facebook.com slash vernacular podcast. And I sound really lackluster about this because we tried to not be on Facebook because we really don't like Facebook.
1: Right. But then Facebook owns Instagram.
0: Right. So we found, so we were we were trying to, we, so we converted to a um, a uh, brand page, I think it's called on Instagram. Mm, so it's okay. not like a person's profile. Right. And basically to properly use that, you need to have Facebook because it, mm. it only links with your Facebook Um, brand page so Uh we have we have the facebook podcast page and we had to reactivate it for that so here we are finding ourselves back on facebook which we really didn't want to be but alas we are so So we
1: really don't have to mention it because we're not really focusing on it
0: right well we're not focusing on it but i guess i guess my thinking was since we have to have it we might as well use it sure Sure. So,
1: yeah. So, check us out there. Yeah.
0: And just, email us. Just go look
1: at <laughs> Check just, out our Patreon go page. Go check us out on Facebook, I guess. And <laughs> yeah, have a great week.
0: Yeah, We'll talk to you next week.
3: Feeling better than ever when I'm by your side.